previously on Nerd Cage Live. Behold! We have our, we have our extended our family, family here. here. I love this movie. Such a turn-of-the-century turn combo. You've got, got, you know, Hughes, Hughes you know, Williams, Williams, and Columbus. And it's, it's, it's just like, so, man, so what a trifecta. Tri tri I did notice, though, Columbus, he seems to... I've, I've actually been to Winnetka twice, and, uh, and it just those have actually been by my Chris Columbus One thing I'll tell you about Winnetka is you have to pay for his vacation. That's about all I ever tell us about his life. Like, it's not a... It's not a... And then he wound up leaving that project. Right. Suddenly he became available. So when John was looking for the placement director, is that goddamn Uncle Frank? And welcome back to part two. Okay, so we're so we're kind of on the topic with Kevin's dad and mobsters and stuff. Okay, so I gotta say, I was just gonna say yes. Go, go, Jay, go. Fan theories, okay. Now this right. one to me is the most prominent fan theory on the internet, and this one I'm taking to the bank, and I and I, I keep watching the movie with this perception in mind. So there's a there's a famous fan theory on the internet out there saying that Kevin's dad, Peter McAllister, is a Chicago mob boss. And this is the big one. This is the big conspiracy one that, like, at universally, all the conspiracy theory uh, nuts uh, for, for Home Alone, this is the big one. Even Alex Jones will take it to the bank. Now, listen. Here's the reason I'm backing this up. <laughs> so, at the very beginning of the movie, uh, you know, Peter McAllister comes down the stairs. He sees sees Joe Pesci disguised as a cop. And what he's, he smiles at him and says, Oh, am I under arrest, officer? Kind of like taunting him a little bit. So, a mob boss would be pretty familiar, you know, with saying something like that. On top of that, who has a house like that? Right. Who carries all that cash? Like in the, in the second movie, like Kevin has all that cash that he left in his jacket there. Like, only a mob boss carries so much wad of cash carries you know has a house like that we don't know what he does for a living right he's pretty damn shady through the whole movie he seems really more listen any normal father would have a freak out that they left their son behind he didn't freak out about it the mother did he didn't he seems so goddamn shady i'm sorry like <laughs> I, I zoom in on peter McAllister. like yeah i am i am convinced whether this was part of the plan or not, he's a goddamn Chicago mob boss. And yeah, I mean, who else? And and, and is you know, Buzz is a psychopath. That makes total sense. Like, <laughs> and yeah, my I, dad makes people go away. <laughs> I just say it just makes perfect sense. And then who? Why would the the wet bands like they said Joe Pesci's character in the part where they're in the van? He's like, dude, I want this house. This is why we're here is because of that house. That's the grand prize. This house, okay? Mm -hmm. Like he must have known that you know, hey, this guy's you know my boss. He's connected, but he's got all these goods. But he's going on vacation. Let's go. Let's go get it. You know. So I'm just saying. I don't know how you guys feel. I'm pretty convinced. That's a pretty damn good theory. Well, counterpoint though there, like if he was oh, a mob boss and he was well known, like you know what I mean? Like if if he if if uh, if he had a reputation among criminals, 
why would a criminal, like why would a two-bit criminal try to break into a house like that, knowing that this guy has probably a pretty far reach and there's probably gonna be some reprisal for it. Especially if you're leaving a calling card. Like these guys, every time they, every time they break into a house, they gotta leave the water running. You know, someone's gonna figure that, figure out exactly who they are. It may not be the cops, but maybe, maybe somebody from the underworld would. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if Joe Pesci was smart, he'd yeah. be like, hey, every house but that house. You know what I mean? Like if he was really, if the guy was really a boss. But to counterpoint my own counterpoint, where does all this dude's money come from? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I spent the whole movie wondering that. I'm like, mm -hmm. this dude has a ton of kids. They're going to Paris. They're bringing extended family with them to Paris. They're all flying first class. He leaves yeah. a ton of cash with Kevin. He's got a ton of cash on him. And they fly to Paris and they have no problem coming right back. Nobody's like, man, all this money wasted. You know how long it took us to save to do this kind of a trip? Nobody's bugging out about that. They're just like, eh, it sucks. Like, you know, like we got to come back, but it's whatever. You know, only like somebody who's like swimming in dough can do that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I oh, think yeah. like there has to be something that he's <laughs> something and that I'll he's add doing. to that. He owns a video cassette called Angels with Filthy Souls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> True. More, more, more like down the rabbit hole stuff. I will right. say a rebuttal with the rebuttal, like what you were talking about with, uh, with, uh, with Marvin Harry. And they're like, why would they do, why would they be the wet bandits? And why would they like leave the stuff on and stuff like that? I, my, my, my conspiracy theory is so yeah so pesci is so they're so the lower ends on the on the mob spectrum he wants to hit up this house he wants to get one big score and he just wants to get the he just wants to get the hell out i think he goes to the other people that he can trust there's not too many he can trust they go dude you know either bring this up with the one of the other dons or just don't go with it and i think that harry uh, sorry, Marv is the only stupid one in the outfit that's going to go with him because the whole time, if you notice, Joe Pesci's character doesn't really want to do like, you know, the wet bandits thing. He's kind of just letting Marv have his little thing. Right. I, I personally think he just let Marv do it because Marv just wanted to have his little fun. So that's that's my conspiracy with that. Like he wants to pull off the job, but he couldn't get anybody. And Marv was the only one stupid enough to go uh, forward with the job. Yeah, what do you got? Are you buying the theory or no? Are you with me or are you against me? I love the theory, but I'm I'm with Mark on this one because my my to, to reference another movie. If you've ever seen the movie Gone in sixty seconds, there's yeah. a scene where one of the characters steals this really nice car, and they're like, "How'd you get it?" He's like, "Oh, it was just sitting there with the keys in it." He goes, "Cause everybody in that neighborhood was would have been stupid enough to steal this car." Right. And like that's my like if there's some like big you know major crime boss i'm not robbing that cat's house because if you get caught god forbid that's that's the end of it right <laughs> exactly and, and the past year has taught me that like there's a lot of people who live in very lucrative situations who don't pay taxes no way so that's why i just assume that the cash comes right i'm just assuming he's, <laughs> he's been stashed a little bit here stashed a little bit there you know I'm only claiming 45% for tax purposes, and then I just got all this money to spend. So yeah, I gotta, gotta get, spread it out. Gotta get rid of it anyway, right? Because if anybody finds it, I'm really in trouble. <laughs> so. Okay, I got one more counter. I'm gonna counter you guys one last time. What if Joe Pesci's character was just, he just like, he wants like, 
hey, he knows he's a mob boss. He knows he's got all this stuff. Like, what if to him, this is like an ego thing? Yeah, I got the McAllister house. Oh, yeah, I got the McAllister crime family's house. Oh, yeah, baby. Like, maybe he doesn't want to brag to everybody because, you know, he could get a, a, a hit on him. But, like, but to him, maybe it just it feeds his own ego and he keeps it to himself. Like, yeah, I got the McAllister house and I'm going to get away with it. Like, he, but wouldn't that make, like, drive his ego over the top knowing that he got, he, planned it he he went in disguised as a cop talked to him face to face scoped out the house scoped out the neighborhood and just like yep this is the prize right here i'm gonna get the mccaster crime lord house boom but That's would just- he be stupid enough to mess with uh the the son of a mob boss in the way that he did you know trying desperately <laughs> to get inside the house they finally get inside the house they hang up uh kevin on the, on a hook and he threatens to bite his uh, fingers off and all kinds of stuff like that now now if his dad was really like a mafia don there's a excellent chance that they would recognize that like hey this guy's seen this kid has seen my face we have threatened to kill him he's gonna run back and tell his parents like if we don't kill him and we let him live <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, then we're definitely doomed. So, yeah, that's where I feel like it kind of falls. Or, no, they planned on or, killing him because they're going to say, we're going to do all the same stuff you did to us, but I'm going to start with your fingers, but we're going to do everything you did to us, smash your face, iron, blah, blah, blah. I think they were planning on killing the kid so they could get away with it. This this uh, podcast or, has gone to a very dark place <laughs> for a kid's movie. Or they just knew that his dad would have enough money to just give him prosthetic fingers. Now, I you know, know I, and I, I, I would have to look up this story. I remember, because I love reading about like old Chicago mobsters, and I'm pretty certain I've actually heard a story many years ago that it's exactly that, that some mobsters were trying to get to another guy. So they basically kidnapped his son, and they basically just like, over time mm-hmm. did whatever they wanted to with them thinking that the father would crack and the father never cracked and he was like well, wow. you want that kid i don't care <laughs> that Ooh, never oh, never that's never cool. cracked and you know like those are the stories you actually hear from old school mob boss that that kid what? is not gonna that dude that kid's not gonna crack that dude so you need to let that alone <laughs> so <laughs> you know, that's my thought mm, you know. okay <laughs> I, I guess I'll close it out. Close yeah. out my my theory thing is um about the other theories. Okay, this, that, like I said, the theory that we just found that's the one I'm I'm going with. But the other there's other ones out there. Is Kevin's dad works for the FBI, and he uh left his son home alone on purpose and sent the wet bandits there too so he could learn to combat skills and learn how to defend himself. And of course, Buzz is very militant, so that's that. What gives that away is that maybe he's a FBI agent trying to train his son to prepare to be, you know, an FBI or CIA agent or whatever. Um, the other one, the most infamous one, I think it's funny, but it doesn't it doesn't line up. Is that Kevin grew up to be the Jigsaw killer in the Saw movies, John Kramer, um, because of the, <laughs> the skills he develops. So you know the traps, you know the traps. Plus, the FBI one kind of falls flat because, I mean, I don't think the government would be happy, especially when they arrest him and they send, like, thousands of dollars worth of, like, you know, SWAT team and stuff like that to come to the neighborhood. I think the government would have put him aside and been like, I understand you train your kid, but seriously, what the hell? Yeah. Cost the taxpayers like five million dollars just because of this. <laughs> I got one more. This one doesn't exactly work. After rewatching it, say it doesn't work, but it's it's pretty funny to think about if this one were to line up. It doesn't line up 100%, unfortunately. But another fan theory out there is that um, that Uncle Frank 
put the hit on Kevin because Uncle <laughs> yes, that one. That <laughs> one. Frank despises Kevin so much where you clearly see in this movie and maybe he's tied to the wet bandits and he knew that they were going away and he's the one that orchestrated the whole thing like hey we're going on vacation and we're, I'm going to try my best to like you know hey if Kevin's there go after him I don't, but it does it, it doesn't work but it's funny to think about that would make sense. an amazing like if you redid Home Alone as like a like a crime drama, like you could actually like make that work like where you know at the at the very end like that's the twist like I <laughs> me the whole time. Ke- Kevin's Kevin like it shows Kevin like when he's running away from the old guy he's running and then all of a sudden he just runs down like this dark alley and then all of a sudden you just hear, look what you did you little jerk. <laughs> If anything, I'm hoping we intrigued. I'm hoping that I'm, I'm trying to make the movie more intriguing. I'm not trying to ruin this movie for anybody, but I feel like I kind of did. Because I was trying to fuck with people. But of all, <laughs> but you know, it's to me ultimately though is going back to the original theory. Like it does, you know, make you question. Like where does all, where is all this money coming from? You know, it's like one of those things. No matter how many times you watch the movie, I'm like, who can afford that house? And then right. like you see the house, and you're like, wait, you're taking like 20 people to France? Like what the hell? <laughs> you know, like yeah. What do you do? And I think especially as an adult, I'm like, what does this cat do? Like you know, I'm sitting there hey, googling what jobs. You. What jobs pay this much money? You know? He's got <laughs> hey, he's got to get rid of that. He's got to launder that money somehow. Got to launder that money somehow, baby. Right. Like if he was if if he was just like that independently wealthy, I think that he would be pretty well known. I would think, and people would recognize him and want to take pictures with him and stuff like that. The fact that he's anonymous, I think, only leads you to like two conclusions: either he is involved somehow in the mafia, or he is like a drug mule or something, and he needed to go to Paris and he needed to have some cover, some reason why he was going to Paris. Like, I'm gonna take my family on a big vacation, and no one's gonna question that. <laughs> hey, you know Don, Don, Don McAllister kind of rigged, rings a bell. Don McAllister, yeah. we got we got Don, we got El Capone, we got Don Capone here. No, we got Don McAllister. Mark just turned him into a drug mule. I love that. Hey, we can do this all day. Turned him into a drug mule. All I right. just, I'm, I will just say, I'm loving where this conversation's going. We're um, all just so. We're it's all taking a so very ugly turn. <laughs> We're just so creative, and I love you guys for it. I'm sticking with that one till to the end of time. He's a drug mule. I like it. I like it. Next time I watch it, I'm watching it under that premise. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You gotta watch it knowing this stuff, and it, it, and it just it just feed it just it feeds the fuel to the fire that like the more you watch, like I said, the more I watch, I'm like I'm telling you, like, I really feel in my heart that. I don't know if it was intended to be wrote that way or not, but it just when you watch it, it just it makes sense. And we've had 30 years to like come up with these things and dissect it. Like I, I know we're really looking way much too far into this movie more than we should. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it just, it's just, it's just when I hear when I first heard these theories, I'm like, oh my god. And and yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the only way we can conclude this is we if we're lucky enough to get McKelly Culkin the guest on this show, we can say like hey well what do you know about how this movie was written do you like have they confirmed anything or is this just something just the internet's just that good and you know 
try 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 to send that to like his his. He, I mean, he's got his pad uh, his podcast. He's got his podcast. He does. He's got his podcast. He does. You could probably send this and just be like, I hey, yo, I tagged him today that we're recording a Home Alone look back. I tagged home um the Kelly Coconut on Twitter today saying, hey, yeah. we're recording this show, a uh, Home Alone 30th anniversary look back starting. You know, uh, his Twitter's at the Incredible Kulk. That's his um nice. his twitter nice. um handle so i uh, yeah, he seems so like a really nice guy i think he would do it he'll get back to us i think Very he would cool. do it he's a really down-to-earth nice guy yeah yeah and he just he just hangs out with his band and writes songs about eating pizza that's what he's doing nowadays there you go i'm not making that up he, he's got a band where it's just about eating pizza i like it i like, I like it. it one of oh, the best nice. things in life you know listen i guess I, i'm gonna say this right now like I um I really sympathize for him back then because like he he came right out of the gate as like the possibly the best child actor of all time and he was making all this money and his parents took advantage of him like yeah. and I can understand why I mean I know he made some mistakes along the way as he grew up and I don't blame him for that because he didn't really get to have a childhood he just was bombarded making being forced to make movies making all this money that right. his parents were taking from him and stuff like that. And We've been making well, I movies think he, since what he was six or something. Well, he, he's done a couple of movies uh, since then. Like he was in that one movie. Um, he was in the Good that Child one with Marilyn Manson. There, I can't even think of the name of the movie. There, he, oh, Party Monster. He, oh, Party Monster. Yeah, Party Monster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's done a, a few here and there, but he's not like doing anything. He's not actively like acting, but he does stuff from time to time. And I think, and, and I think he guessed on uh, American Horror Story at one point too. Nice. Um, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he went through a rough patch. Yeah. I know people, like, you know, you know, put dirt on his name. But you know what? At the end of the day, like, he didn't have a childhood. He went through a lot of crap. But you know what? Just, but he was a phenomenal actor as a child. And, like, it was amazing how he carried this movie. And you know what? I hope someday, if he ever chooses to, I would, I would love to see him come back to acting. I really would. I think that he could still um, – I think, I think he could still bring it. That's just my opinion. I'd love to see him yeah. come back. I think I re- I think I remember when he was on Joe Rogan. He said um, he because because of course that's a big question. They were like uh, you know he was asking uh, Rogan was asking on behalf of his fans and what people have said over the years. He was like, would you go back to acting? And he said that um, uh, don't uh, don't quote me on it, but I just remember when I was watching it a few years ago, and he said that he would, but at the same time he would have to really like the person that he was working with, and it would have to be like more of just like a like a like a, a pleasure project like something where everyone was fully enjoying it as opposed to like a big like blockbuster 30 million 40 50 million dollar movie like because he said that he'd been approached by some like i think some friends of friends of his that wanted to do indie films so he was kind of kind of i think he he would he wants to go like the daniel radcliffe sort of thing where daniel radcliffe's been in a bunch of like indie right. films like that and he's he's doing the films because he has fun with with the people that he's working with and so i i I wouldn't be surprised if maybe if he got older uh, that he would do something, but I, I, I respect him a lot for it. Obviously, he knows that's not his big thing he wants to do anymore, but he, basically what he was saying was if he was approached to do something and he really liked the character, he would he would do it. Right. And you got to respect that. You know what I mean? Like any actor that chooses to sort of leave Hollywood to, you know, because it doesn't like speak to them you know what i mean or maybe they're more interested in the craft than the success that comes with the craft 
you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of like, uh, you know, tip your hat to that. And the fact that he's kind of saying that like, yeah, I'm really not interested in doing films that I don't believe in, that I don't enjoy, you know, you, you can't really, you can't really shame him for that. And, you know, like Jay said, you know, maybe we will in the future get a project with him in the future that, that does speak to him because he is a, he is a force. He is a, he is a talent. And, you know, I'd like to see, you know, see him on screen a little bit more too. Yeah, I, I agree. I still think that he has a lot to offer in his in his more adult uh, adult part of his life, and uh, especially with all the experiences that he's gone through now. But the best, yeah, exactly. The best thing was for him to just like take himself out of that whole thing, do his own thing. I understand that he went through a bunch of rough patches, especially you know uh, sure. when he was on Joe Rogan explaining what he went through after his uh, his child acting. But it seems like uh, it's like what Rogan said. He's like, you're one of the few that came out on the other side and you're you're okay you're okay and yeah. and he was just like i am i am it was a rough experience but here i am i'm still here and i haven't gone fully crazy <laughs> <laughs> nice. so i would love to sit down and, and have a beer or do or, or have have some deep dish pizza or something and just sit down with him and talk to him and he seems he just seems like he's a really nice guy yeah yeah all right so uh I'm kind of aching to do this. Um, nitpicks. And Mark's the king of nitpicking. Uh, <laughs> but Take I'll, it away, I'll, Mark. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Okay, go ahead. So one, and uh, again, if you guys have anything to add to them, by all means, do it. So the number one nitpick I have is, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it today. There's, okay, I get it. The, 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 tr the, the storm happens, the tree knocks down the power line and the telephone line. I get that. But you got a house of 50 people not one person woke up early and said hey oh hey, hey guys we lost power we got we right. all wake up you know right. but no everyone you're trying to tell me everybody all 15 people in the house slept in to the airport and knocked on the door i don't buy it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree with that one you know what i mean and as someone who has done a lot of overseas traveling and i know dion you've done you've done your fair share of overseas traveling as mm -hmm. well a lot of times man like when you have like an early like pickup time or like you have to be at the airport at a certain time you're stressed out about that yeah, and so and you can't sleep. In, in most cases you can't even sleep and your yep, thought yep. is well i'll just stay up sleep. yeah i'll just stay up and sleep on the plane mm -hmm. so yep. Out of everybody in that whole house, everybody just slept soundly, so soundly, in fact, that no one's alarm went off. <laughs> like no one, you know what I mean? No one's like meant like mental alarm went off. Like no one woke up in the middle of the night or anything like that. Yeah, it's kind of a that's a, that's an apt nit nitpick in my opinion too. I think I think it was a I think it was a method active decision. I think the Hughes gave them all sleeping pills and he was like, We're gonna make this believable. <laughs> Because <laughs> then, then when they get up, you can really feel it. And then <laughs> speaking of that, okay, so we're on that topic. And the other major nitpick I have is how how did Kevin order pizza? He must he had to order. Okay, listen, we're in, this is the '90s. There's no cell phones. There's no right. there's no internet. How did he order the pizza? Yes. When, keep in mind the, the 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 power lines were knocked down. The cops they even said in the cops like when they were trying to call the house they couldn't call the house. Even the cops were saying yeah the power lines are down we can't you know neither the cops can't get can't get to the phones to any of the neighbors there. How was he able to call and order pizza delivered to him? Exactly. Yeah, that is yeah. that is yep. probably the best nitpick because there's no answer for it. 
Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you could say, okay, it was 1990. People who had means had the, you know, the option to have like mobile phones and stuff like that. So maybe they, maybe there was like a mobile phone in the house, but if there was, why didn't the parents call it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, I mean, that is a huge plot hole that yeah. I don't think any, I don't think I've heard anybody ever address that. Yeah. Also on the topic of the pizza guy, it's hopefully it's not jumping the gun too much, but like oh, also okay. the scene with, with when he uses the TV with, with the filthy angels and stuff like that. Why wouldn't the pizza guy call the cops and be like, this guy just like took a Tommy gun to me. I can defend it. I can defend it. It's because Peter okay. McAllister is a mob boss and the cops ain't going to fuck with him. They're just, they just, that, that's why. Oh, well, yeah, he probably could have called them and they were just like, uh, let's see, uh, it's Don McAllister's house. Oh, uh, we'll send someone over. Don't worry about it. Don't send anybody. True, because <laughs> there we go. Just, it was just add fuel to the fire. And the puck. <laughs> All right, well, you answered my question, and I just thought that was the weirdest thing. Like, why wouldn't he? It didn't even, like, did, you know, a cop didn't come, like, you know, like a half hour later or something like that. And then so, finally, I'll ask the pick is. How was he able, I mean, other than Buzz's room at the very end, how was he able to, how was Kevin able to clean up all that mess up from all the traps up when, the, when by the time the family got home? They never addressed that either. I mean, maybe he did clean it up, who knows, but that's all. Those are my three nitpicks, so if you guys go ahead and got your nitpicks, get them out there. I know Mark does. But then he didn't clean up, then he didn't he clean didn't, up he Buzz's didn't clean room. He didn't clean up Buzz's room. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe he did that on purpose. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, as oh, as Buzz's room. Right. Right. <laughs> maybe, yeah. He's just like, I don't care. Just uh, As long as the rest of the room, because nobody likes going in Buzz's room. Oh, right, right. Yeah, but I don't know. yeah, there weren't. Uh, those are some of the main nitpicks. I can't really. Can you guys think of any other uh, ones? The phone is the biggest one for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great oh, one. Yeah, but, yeah. My, my, my nitpick isn't really, it's not really a nitpick. It's just like an overall critique. Yeah. I kind of feel like this is, um, it's sort of a, uh, it's sort of a ripoff of Risky Business. It's like if you took the movie Risky Business and you replace Tom Cruise with a with an eight year old kid, this is the movie that you would get. And <laughs> and uh, I, I you know I think like thinking about it, approaching it, approaching watching it from that perspective in a way kind of soured it soured it for me. I was like, well, this isn't as original as I thought. You know what I mean? If you really break it down, even the part towards the end where it's like the house is, they get, everybody gets back. The house is perfect. Nobody really knows what's going on. But then Buzz is like, what'd you do to my room? Well, that's like similar to, you know, when uh, Tom Cruise's character's parents come home, everything's perfect in the house. Nothing's wrong, but there's a little crack in the Fabergé egg. It's like, what happened here something happened here you know what i mean like so it's just like i don't know that's that's my that's my major critique there i think that's well if that, if that was a fabergé egg then then buzz's room was a dumpster fire <laughs> <laughs> but I, th I think that's just how john hughes got down to you know like because you look like some of his other movies it was like just the shoe you know in the right. kitchen like you know like that's just yeah. how he got out you know absolutely yeah and there are a couple of odd shots there. For example, like when he actually he runs away from the store with the toothbrush and he's able to slide across the whole, um, you know, ice rink. 
I think it would have been better if he just ran through the ice rink and the cops just slipped and fell and he got away instead of him sliding all the way across. Somebody's got a little, <laughs> you know, 40 pound, 50 pound kid has enough momentum to slide right across the whole ring. I mean, it's a funny moment. And then the other major nitpick I have, not the plot, but like the, the zip line. You can tell you got like this, this, this body double. They, they could have done oh, without yeah. the, far, the, the far shot. They just, they just they should have just cut that one yeah. shot of Kevin, you know, holding the thing instead of showing that the outside shot there where you see the body double and it just it's very off putting. Yeah. Well, other yeah. than that, like I still love this movie. I mean, it's this movie still brings me a lot of joy. But yeah. I do, have, you know, those are some problems I have. But the but the major nitpicks we you know kind of discussed. Sure. One last nitpick. Yeah. So oh. all right. So the thing that really bothered me throughout the entire movie is that. The opening premise was that Kevin was completely incompetent, so incompetent in fact that he couldn't pack his own suitcase, right? So how does a kid who has no idea how to pack a suitcase come up with all these elaborate plots, all these elaborate traps and things like that? Even the thing in the very, even the first like sort of pre-trap where he's like just trying to convince the robbers that a bunch of people are home and he's got the train going and he's got the, like a Michael <laughs> Jordan thing going around and the mannequins and all that stuff like that. That's some pretty advanced engineering for an eight-year-old kid. So you're telling me you can, he can do all that if he can't pack a suitcase? Come on, bro. <laughs> I'll say I'll say this. He must be a chaotic neutral or something. I think he's one of those, you know, like those people, you know, like those people who can't, keep their they can't keep their their apartment in order you know yeah. they just have a messy apartment but right. then you go oh what do you do and they're like oh i'm a computer engineer it's like right. some people some people uh, uh, unorganized chaos yeah. like he doesn't know how to keep things he pack a suitcase and keep things in order but right. he sure as hell knows how to create an elaborate scheme to get two crazy chicago mobsters you know <laughs> out of his house and then knows how to clean up the evidence yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, they cleaned up the evidence he got from his, you know, gene genetically from his dad because his dad's right. mob boss. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm never gonna stop that. <laughs> so I know we've been going on for a while now, so I'll, I'll try to like zoom through these quick. So first and foremost, before we get to Home Alone two and the sequels, um, I just want to recommend a couple of videos real quick. Uh, the channel Corridor Crew, they they do they they like critique like stunt work and they do special effects and stuff like that. I believe mm -hmm. they did a re special effects with uh, Home Alone with the traps, but they added blood and gore to it. Oh. Um, oh. So for example, when Why he steps on the nail, when, when Daniel Stern steps on the nail, it's oh. what? And then he falls backwards and it's bloody and so it's actually That's for the like, adult audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's for the adult audience, check out the like R-rated Home Alone like re-edit with the gore that Corridor Crew did. Oh no! What is, what is this Home Alone Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know what it's, I think it's just called Home R-rated version of Home Alone. I think it's what it's called. And uh, it's it's really really well done. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty funny. I've totally <laughs> forgotten about that nail. And when that came up, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that that scene, how they just uh, it just it oh. precisely goes into his foot. And oh, like the, the silent tension when that happens and just a little <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> ah! I bet you the movie. Uh, what's that movie called with um, with the, the, the silent monsters there? Um, quiet um, a quiet oh, yeah. place. Stole that idea. Stole that line. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that actually does make sense. <laughs> oh, wow. That does. 
<laughs> okay, and then finally, uh, I don't know if you, I Matt, I know you, I maybe you and I watched. I so there's this YouTube channel called Drivers or something. Yeah. Okay, you guys know where I'm going with. This. So it's kind of like the sequel to Home Alone, and Kevin. Um, when Kelly Culkin's in, this is from like 2015. Kelly Culkin's, yep. you know, obviously like older now, and he reflects on what happened. His character Kevin reflects on what happened to him and how he despises his family for leaving him behind and whatever. And then uh, that he gets robbed or robbed at gunpoint, and he uses his skills to capture him and torture. Wow! <laughs> You've got to watch. I'll put the link in the description. It's called Driver. It's great. It's great. It is good. Yeah. He's like it. he's talking about like. Yeah, I'm like the, the cutest eight-year-old in the universe, and my mom leaves me behind, becomes a groupie for some polka band, and I had to go and I had to go to war for a slice of pizza. And he's like, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. funny. That is how a kid will perceive that my mom's a groupie. For a polka, <laughs> for a polka band. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, check out Drivers. I'll put the link in the description for um, the Drivers video and the Corridor Crew R-rated Home Alone. And if you guys want, I'll recommend a great R-rated Home Alone if you guys haven't seen it already. Rambo 5 Last Blood is the perfect R-rated version of Home Alone. Just saying. All right. <laughs> highly recommend it. It's, it's awesome. There you go. Check it out. It's Rambo beats Home Alone. You should, it's, it's highly recommended from your boy, Jay. Oh, no. <laughs> this one's going to be a DLC. Yeah. That's kind of like, ha has anybody ever seen the movie Southern Comfort? It's a movie from the late 80s. Oh, I've, no. I've heard of it. I think one of my friends saw it. So, so yeah, so it's, and it actually, yeah, obviously it predates Home Alone, but it's about uh, these uh, soldiers, I think, I don't know if they're National Guardsmen, if, I don't really remember, but they're military. And they end up uh, coming after these Cajuns in, uh, in the deep woods of like Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And the Cajuns set up all these elaborate traps, like they're outnumbered, but they set all these elaborate traps for all oh. these, uh, for all these soldiers. And one by one, they get picked off. Ooh. So it's like the, it's it's like a more violent <laughs> adult version of Home Alone, I guess you could say. Okay. Oh man, maybe maybe Hughes took from the contraptions and stuff. Maybe he took something from that. I don't know. Yeah, like you know, he probably saw that movie. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I just want to have a kids version of it, and we also have a Christmas quota. So let's see what we can do, people. There you go. <laughs> to be continued. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>